Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. So today we're going to talk about the grass is not greener. And you may think, what does that mean? Well, guess what? The great resignation which is upon us is not necessarily turning out the way many people might think. In fact, 72% of people who changed jobs recently regret the decision. And what I'm going to do today on this episode is share with you the reason why. Why are so many people quitting for new opportunities and then end up so disappointed that they made the change? Don't miss the ending. I'm going to share these statistics with you at the end. You do not want to miss the ending. The ending is where the magic is going to happen on this episode. If you've not already done so, subscribe to this podcast so that you get notified each time I drop an amazing piece of information for you. So I've had my suspicions now for quite a while. I mean, I knew something was not quite right regarding leadership positions in most organizations. There's something going on with the leadership positions in far too many organizations. After all, how could there be so few excellent bosses? How can there be so few excellent supervisors? How can there be so few excellent managers? And how many followers, people, regular people, would consider their current supervisor to be an actual leader? So there's a difference. An organization can give you the title of supervisor, manager, executive, or even CEO. But only, get this, only the followers can give you the title of leader, someone whom they would actually follow. And I've been puzzled by the epidemic of bad leadership, which exists at all levels, by the way, throughout the current business landscape and freshly minted supervisors up to seasoned executives are struggling, struggling mightily to earn the title of leader from their followers. And there's historical context for this because bad supervisors have been around since the beginning. And I dare to say something. I dare to say that when you look at the landscape of supervisors in the workplace, there are far more men, far more struggling supervisors than there are those who are successful. And there there's countless examples such as the fictional character Ebenezer Scrooge. Everybody remembers Scrooge as a bad boss and the more contemporary version of a bad boss, which some of you may Well, you may identify with Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons. So if cartoons and the entertainment industry are making making at least valuable content out of the bad boss epidemic, 
then we know that these things are real. They're rooted in the writer's reality that came from painful experiences that are locked in their minds. In other words, they had to go through something bad to even think about these bad supervisor characters. And, you know, what is the possible connection among so many underperformers in the workplace? How, how do we connect all these bad bosses to each other? I mean, we send them to workshops, they read management books, and they even now see television exaggerations of the persona they actually are, yet they don't identify themselves as an underperformer when it comes to leadership. So where does the failure originate? So when I ask difficult questions, I seem to get transparent answers, meaning I'm not getting the true answer. I'm getting an opaque version of an answer because we don't live in a world where it's likely that most supervisors know that they're struggling. And do most supervisors actually dislike the work and the stress it takes to lead others? Do they dislike the confrontation and worry required to be a boss? And simply put, do most supervisors desire to be a leader at work? Do they desire to be a leader in addition to being the boss? So hold on to your hat. The latent answer, the hidden answer that is all around us is a resounding no. No, they do not want to put in the work required to be an effective leader. I mean, effective communication as a leader takes effort. And the number one reason we do not communicate effectively is that we're lazy. So I'm telling you on this podcast, one of the main reasons there's so many bad supervisors out there is because people are lazy and they do not want to put in the work. And it takes a rare individual to like the activities of being a leader. Confrontation, added stress, added work. They just don't want to do the work. So why would they take the job if they don't want to do the work? Well, remember what Maslow told us. The truth, the reality, the answer is rooted in our fundamental need to self-actualize. These supervisors believe that by saying yes to the leadership job, somehow it puts them on another level. It helps them become something more. Even though they know at their core, they don't want to do the work. I mean, think about this. We will leave a job that we might enjoy to accept a position we may very well hate. And we still get asked to perform activities that we despise. I mean, how many people like to confront people about attendance? Not many. Why would we take the job? Why would we do this? Well, it boils down to something simplistic in human nature. Money and status are the answer. A perception of making more money and a perception of a higher station or a higher status in life are the reasons so many people say yes to a job that they know they don't like. And when pushed for an honest answer, many supervisors in a hierarchical organization will say they took the job simply because it was the only way to grow their financial and societal status. That's the only reason. In other words, 
I must take the job to do things I am not particularly eager to do. Sound crazy? Of course it does. Overlay that with the fact that most supervisors never learn the proper skills and the desire to be a leader becomes even more rare. So I'm telling you, it's not just accidental. It's intentional. People don't want to do the job, but they take it anyway. They don't want to do the job, but they want the money associated with the higher status. And even worse, the optimists amongst this population think they will take the job and eventually learn to like it. Isn't that remarkable? After all, the money's better. I'm going to make more money. I guess I'll learn to like it. How long does this last? I mean, even the most optimistic of these supervisors can become cynical over long periods of time. Add power to the equation as a supervisor, and the resentment turns into a mean and hateful demeanor. In other words, the supervisor can become abusive to subordinates because they have the power to do so. And when asked, Many of these individuals would gladly go back to their old job if they could still make the same money and grow financially for their families. I mean, I wrote a chapter of one of my books about this called The Dirty Little Secret, and it's about a 27-year-old machinist who gets promoted to supervisor, and he loved being a machinist. He loved his job. But when he got the promotion, he was so young, people were so proud that he was offered the supervisor title. His family was proud. Everyone around him was proud. But his dirty little secret was that he did not like being a supervisor. He liked being a machinist. And he secretly wished he would get fired and even started to do things that would help him fail as a supervisor so he could just go back to being a machinist as he loved. Why does this happen? The most common mistake when assessing talent at the supervisor level is disregarding an individual's desire to lead others. We don't even ask if you have a desire to be a leader. We just assume that people want to be a leader. And here's how it goes. We've decided to offer you a promotion. Even the word promotion makes us feel good. I mean, how many people will say, "Uh, no, thank you. I'd rather keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, the positive feeling is more about prestige and power than about the love of leadership. It is a, it's more about improving our own life than improving the lives of others. I mean, great leaders are servant leaders. They're serving others. And it's more about what I can get than how I can serve other people. So the potent driver, the potent driver is the force behind many struggling supervisors and managers in the workplace. The motivation is all wrong. And over time, we get conditioned. Get this. We get conditioned to believe that success at work is climbing the corporate ladder. If we want to stay in our job, if we want to stay in our current job, we're labeled as those who lack ambition. She just doesn't have any ambition. And most people do not naturally succeed as a supervisor. 
And these skills can get learned for those who have the desire. The motivation and desire to lead others cannot get faked for very long. People will learn that your heart is not in it. You can't fake being a leader. People will sniff out your insincerity very quickly. I mean, serving others is something that happens in the heart, not the brain. And if you don't have the desire to learn and gain the skills to be a good supervisor, I mean, here's a simple example. I teach two forms of feedback in my leadership training. One is a simple short form and one is a little bit more complicated for delicate situations. You cannot become good at using either methodology if you don't practice. You have to have a desire to learn. And get this. This was the nugget that I was saving for you. In a recent poll by the Muse, if you follow the Muse, they talked to 2,500 people who had just changed jobs. 2,500. And 7 of 10, 72% of workers revealed the new role was not as described. And it makes sense, if you're following my logic today, it makes sense to assume the new supervisors are not as described during the interview process. I mean, how many people, when they're being interviewed, get clarity about what their new boss will be like? I mean, you get a, you get a version of reality, but how do you know how that boss is going to act under stress? How do you know that that boss is not going to be a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, where you have to guess their emotional state every single day? How do you know that boss is not going to be a micromanager who gets into every detail of your business every single day on the job? How do you know? (laughs) The lack of leadership in the workplace is compounding the great resignation of workers. It's compounding it. And here's a mind-blowing statistic. This should blow your mind. When millennials and Gen Zers are Zoomers, believe quitting a new job within six months is acceptable. They're bouncing, people. They're bouncing from job to job to job in search of a great boss who is rare to find. I mean, think about it. People do not leave companies. They quit a lousy boss. And if you have a good boss, you're more likely to stay because you don't want to take a chance in getting a bad boss. It's so simple, yet hidden within the fabric of business every single day. The answer to the riddle is good leadership, yet good leadership is so rare. It's paradoxical. And if you're an employer, what are you doing to improve the leadership of your supervisors? How do you know you don't have a large group of people out there who are moody, temperamental, abusive, micromanagers, narcissistic? How do you know? Because you don't see that side of their personality, but their employees do every single day. And they're quitting because of the boss. Make no mistake, 
It's not the money. It's not the environment. It's the boss. And if they'll quit because of a boss, they will stay because of a boss. I mean, hold on to that. It's all about the leadership. Now, if you want to interact with me, if you want to talk to me, if you want to engage with me, you can go to www.johngrubbs.com. That's J-O-H-N-G-R-U-B-B-S.com. There is a ton of information that you can have on my website. You can even download a copy of one of my books that sells for $20 on Amazon. You can have it for free. Why do I give a book away? Well, you're giving me the most precious gift one human can give another, and that is your time. And in exchange for you listening to this podcast, I will give you a copy of that book for free. You can download it as a PDF file. You can download it as a Mobi file if you read your books on Kindle. You can get access to my YouTube channel and see many videos that I do. Uh, I do a weekly article each week that you can read, or you can even sign up and it'll get emailed straight to your inbox if you go to johngrubs.com. And even more special, you can be a part of my private tribe. I share certain content with people who are in my inner circle. I share videos of speeches that people pay uh, significantly for. I share special content. You have access to the back room of all my writings on my website. You get access to it all as being part of my tribe. People, I want you to know that you can suggest topics. You can even give me feedback. If you disagree with the topic, if you disagree with what I'm saying today, I want to know. You won't hurt my feelings if you disagree with me. This is a conversation that I want to have with people. The only way we're going to remove the epidemic of bad leadership is to talk about it. And, you know, it would make me smile if you will share your bad supervisor stories with me. If you'll share those with me on my website, I will use them in a future episode. I can protect the names to protect the innocent or the guilty, however you view it. But I'd love to hear your stories. I'd love to hear your bad boss stories. Some of you have worked for a narcissistic micromanager and your life has been pure hell. I'd love to hear that story. Some of you are working for a bad boss now and you are miserable. Your boss is a jerk or your boss is so apathetic that you have no clue how to be successful in her presence. Share those stories with me. Share those stories uh, on my articles. Uh, You may be even the genesis of a new podcast episode. I may talk about your experience specifically. And we're so blessed. This podcast has been so well received. We're in our third season. We've got people that listen to this podcast all over the world, different, different countries, different continents. Uh, I'm, I'm just so thankful for you as part of my audience. Share this podcast with people who are struggling. Share the link on all your social media platforms. Let people know that this is out there. I mean, there's 7.5 billion people on this planet. How many need this information? How many need an opportunity to be successful as a leader in their organization? This podcast is for people who are crazy. I mean, crazy people go against the grain. Crazy people do things others are afraid to do. Crazy people get things done. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. 
Until next time.